Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast. I'm Joshua Kapczynski, uh, your pastor, your curator for today. Art of Faith podcast is a discussion about the, maybe the different takes and looks at faith, and then sometimes I weave in some uh, art or some graphics today, not so much. It's going to be a straight talk today. But first, before we jump in, today's topic on achievement, the art of achievement, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Granite Creek Community Church. So if you're looking for a home church, why don't you give us a try? We have a great uh, kids ministries, youth ministry, senior ministry, ministry, and family ministry. We focus on making sure that uh, the kingdom of God is expressed in the home as well as in the church. So visit Granite Creek. Yeah, they're online. We, uh, we, we're, we're live every Sunday at 10. Uh, you can always watch previous ep, uh, sermons, and, uh, but preferably in person. So I think that that's the best way to not only experience church, but to do church. We are also brought to you by Granite Creek Gardens, our brand new wedding venue on our South Lawn. Uh, I just actually made the Instagram account. I made the Facebook page. I made the, the Twitter, which is now X uh, page for Granite Creek Gardens. So give it a give it a like, give it a follow. That way you can know what's going on. If you're looking for a venue for either a wedding or a celebration of life memorial service. We have a beautiful space outdoors. We have a beautiful space indoors. So consider Granite Creek Gardens for your next venue. I also like to plug uh, Kid Care International. Now more than ever, uh, we need to support the, the well-being of young people, of, of children that are disadvantaged in disadvantaged situations. Our primary place of ministry and support is in Tanzania, where we support several orphanages. And um, I know in the news these days, because of the sound of Freedom movie, it's bringing uh, much needed awareness to uh, child sex trafficking issues. And so I think that that is such an amazing, good thing. And I personally hope that Every politician, every actor, every banker that has ever been involved or has turned a blind eye to child trafficking, I hope they all get exposed. And then I, I just I'm praying that this veil just lifts and, and that uh, the deeds of darkness are exposed. And this movie has done that. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they're connected to any aid organization that if you feel like led to support, they would be good. Kid Care is, is a great uh, way to invest too. Now, we don't deal direct, directly in rescuing um, people from the sex trade, but the orphans that we do uh, aid have been pulled out of either arranged marriages or on the verge of entering into child sex slavery. So yeah, we are directly involved and we've been directly involved since 1991. So I'm going to encourage you if you're looking for a place to support the, the needs of kids, Kid Care is a great option. Tanzania, we've done ministry all over the place, but uh, that's our primary uh, focus in addition to helping kids in Southern California, particularly the Inland Empire area. 
All right, so there's a there's a lot of plugs. Uh, one more, I want to encourage you to watch our other podcast, which is you got to see this movie, and that is where uh, one of the industry design leaders, Jim Lejudice, who now works on this works on staff with his, with us at Granite Creek, him and our family pastor Michael Jones, they get together, they talk about movies. The last two uh, are really great. The Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. Uh, they do a breakdown, discussion, and they quiz each other. So check out that one. It's it's you can get it in this in you know connection to this feed. And then they did uh, uh, Family Vacation, Vacation with Chevy Chase, the the old school Vacation by National Lampoons. And I haven't seen that one, but uh, I'm not quite sure what the redemptive quality in that one is. But supposedly they've got some great points on fatherhood. So give it a listen. Uh, you've got to see this movie. And you can you can find us. It's it's linked closely. All right. So now that all the advertisements are done, uh, let's talk about the biblical perspective of achievement, because uh, achievement and success and accomplishing uh, goals and checking off things from your to do list and making money and you know being a winner that's a very much a part of our american culture and achievement in and of itself is a positive thing but one of the points that i made in my message a good thing can become a bad thing when it becomes a ruling thing and that's a that's an idea or maybe even a direct quote that i've that i've that i ripped off and even the idea um in uh, the series that we're in is from a book called Lead by uh, Paul Tripp. And so if you want to know more about the foundations of a healthy, functioning leadership community that is probably that most churches need these days, uh, if you're a church leader listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you to get the book Lead by Paul Tripp. Um, it's one of these character building books that when you're reading it, you like it, it. It it stings at times, and you want to throw the book away. But then you're like, "Yeah, I probably need this." So it's that type of a book that challenges you and that holds you accountable, and it is very positive. And so this is his second chapter, which is on achievement. Now, achievement again, it is a good thing. We serve a God that loves to achieve, that loves to accomplish, that loves to bear fruit and grow. And so. The church is called, as an image bearer of, of God, uh, we are to think like God, create like God, act like God. So God's a creator, and we need to cre- create. In essence, we need to achieve. We need to achieve like God achieves. The problem that we run up against, specifically in the church setting, is that churches that become achievement-focused and, and they're obsessed obsessed about achievement, well, they tend to get dysfunctional and toxic because achievement is the number one priority and not the gospel message. Uh, Achievement without giving complete glory to God uh, is an idol. It becomes a ruling thing and not a good thing. So uh, if churches achieve without giving the glory to God without celebrating the win like this is God's win, then it become it can easily become an idol. And a lot of churches have slipped into this 
uh, performance-based, achievement-based mentality. I wanted to show a clip in my last sermon, but I can't find it. I don't know if it exists. I've been looking for it for years. Uh, but back in the day, I used to watch King of the Hill, which is an animated cartoon about basically rednecks in Texas. And, um, they're, you know, kind of a, a, a lower middle class, working class group of people. And they're kind of, you know, got this, I don't want to say hillbilly mentality, but they're, you know, they're, they're Southern Texas folks. It's, it's a funny show, but there is a, there's a couple of series where the main character, his name is Hank Hill. So he is the conservative, uh, gun toting, uh, beer drinking dad. And he just wants everything to be, you know, like they were in the good old days. He, he, you know, Anything that's pop culture makes him feel uncomfortable. If he had his way, he'd go back to the 50s where everybody was clean cut and um, everybody had a job and everybody just kind of stayed in their lane. So the the gag is that every time that something you know out of the ordinary comes up, it rubs Hank the wrong way. And so uh, he is a he's a propane salesman. He's got a very simple life and the highlight of his day. Is at the end of the day where he's drinking some beers in in the alley with his friends. So that's Hank Hill. There's a there's a few series, and I don't know where they're at, and I, I can't find them. And again, it's been years since I've seen them, but it, it resonated deeply, and obviously it comes from a place of experience. And that is where Hank is trying to find a new church. Hank is literally church shopping. He's trying to find a home for his uh you know his family and. The reason why is because he just kind of got bored uh, with his current church, little community church. And, you know, there's a couple of grandmas and a single mom and, you know, maybe some uh, guys that are recovering, you know, some AA guys. And it is just, just not, you know, not doing anything for him. He's not getting anything out of it. He's not making any connections. He's not growing. He's not being spiritually fed. And so he starts to church hop, and he makes itself he makes himself known that he's he's looking, and he has this experience of going to a hyper charismatic Pentecostal church, and uh, that that just freaks him out, and that's hilarious because he's just sitting there with his eyes bugged out as uh, all these crazy Pentecostals are running up and down the aisle, shaking tambourines and throwing snakes on each other. It's hilarious, but then he finds a mega church, and uh, it's got the, it's got, you know, it's got led lights and a haze machine and the worship band is very well produced and rehearsed. Um, the, the, the minister gives an, an encouraging and empowering message. And it's, it's very, you know, it's like something that he can actually use and something that, that, that makes him feel good about himself. And when, you know, it's got three practical points that you can apply today. And, it's all very much a a powerful experience, and then when he's done with church, he gets a he gets a, a survey on what his experience was like, and so he actually gets to rate everything, and he loves it because it's it's a well oiled machine, and this is Hank Hill, and he's a propane salesman, and he appreciates. Um, things that are efficient and things that are running well and things that are done with excellence. And so they have worked this mega church into a system of excellence and, and they're always taking surveys and they're always asking for, you know, 
uh, a scale of one to five, how was your experience? On a scale of one to five, uh, how did how did your parking lot encounter go? On a scale of one to five, did your greeters greet you with a smile and make you feel welcome and comfortable? On a scale of one to five, how did you were you inspired by the worship music? On a scale of one to five, uh, was the minister's message inspiring? And so there is this machine that has been implanted, actually a business model that has been laid over the top. Um, a film over the top of church. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but it is a clearly a system of achievement, of, of achieving, you know, that five-star status. And me personally, I get this because I like it when I get five stars. I like it when I achieve something and, and, and it, it comes off, off as a success. And so, um, in, in a sense, Excuse me. That's how God has wired us. He's wired us to be to be achievers. I will argue that um, I don't think that uh, be, being in a state where you are an overachiever is healthy. So yes, God wants you to achieve. He wants you to be successful, but at what cost? And so after the story with Hank Hill, after a while. Um, he learns that there's something very shallow and and performance driven about the mega church experience. Now, I am not saying that mega churches are all bad. Um, you know, it. I, I think that a church ought to reflect and minister to a community. And so, if a church, if a community is used to shopping at Walmart, then maybe their church ought to reflect you know, what a Walmart is. And so I think that there is a place for big box churches. I do have some personal criticisms about that experience in the spiritual disciplines of walking out one's faith. Maybe I'll get to that. But, um, um, so yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to just say that, that Benga churches in and of themselves are bad because I think that if anything is done uh, not only with excellence, but with the ultimate purpose of giving glory to God, that it is Jesus' church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, then what what would the limits be? So why can't the platform or the expression of faith be in a mega church context? So I do believe that it can work. Um, but what Hank is experiencing, and I think what a lot of people have experienced, and then uh, when we see failures of mega churches that like they're running the systems, they're running their programs are awesome. They're getting five star reviews. They're meeting people's needs. People are are getting what they want when they go to church. Um, we've seen some of these big ones just completely not just fall apart. Um, they've failed spiritually. Like even though on the outside practically they seem like success, it's just interesting how there is a either a moral failure or communication breakdown or a, a, a pastoral spiritual abuse, and it, they you know if it's not given over to the lordship of God, it becomes a very toxic environment. Uh, of course, small churches can also be toxic environments, and so. Uh, I think it's important that we take a good hard look about the motivations of achievement. In short, 
And this is from my message on Sunday. In short, if we are achieving for our own purposes and for our own glory, then it will it will become an idol. It will rule us. And this is not just about church leadership and church folks. This, this applies to you if you have a regular job, if you're a school teacher, uh, if you're a salesperson, if you're an executive, if you're a middle manager, if your success is all centered on your identity and, and being the person of being of achieving that that American dream without submitting to the lordship of, of Christ, then yes, you too will will fall into the same traps that we've seen megachurch pastors and other church leaders fall into without submitting to the lordship of, of Christ. And so that's kind of the heart of what we're getting to. See, achievement is a good thing, but a, a good thing becomes a bad thing when it becomes a ruling thing. And I hope that, that that's what we're going to learn from. Okay, what one of the themes that I did not get to get into from my message on Sunday is the the power of grace in this context of being in a gospel-centered community that is trying to be submissive to the Lord in the areas of achievement. Every achievement um that that we either achieve or the process of achieving something it must bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ and it requires grace to do that um it has to be for the glory of God any ambition any ambition whatsoever it, the the primary goal for any great deed or exploit that we might want to do either in the natural or the spiritual it needs to be for the glory of God um Every win, every achievement needs to be a basically a finger that's pointing to God. So, you know, I would like to say that everything that I have achieved in my life pointed to God, but the, the truth of the matter is it's not, it's not true. I've got achievements where I am pointing to myself saying, hey, I did this. I accomplished this. I raised this money. I closed this sale. Uh, I created this work of art. So that's the, that's the problem, you know. And I think that we can enjoy achievement. We can uh, enjoy success. But this, think about it in this terms: that achievement needs to be pointing to God. And so there's the big question for you: uh, in your life and the things that you've achieved, can you honestly say that my achievement is pointing to the glory of God? Um, think about your biggest win in your life. Did you give glory to God in that? Can, can you prove that you've given glory to God? Are you willing to be humble enough to acknowledge that you did or did not give glory to God? And so the reason why that it's important is that uh, achievement can easily morph into something else Um and the reason this is how we know that it that it is mutated that achievement is mutated into a bad thing is that when we sacrifice uh the thankful attitude uh and and in essence sacrifice the thankfulness like we're just not thankful uh for the process we're not thankful for the breakthrough we're not thankful for the windfall again if it comes into the area where we think that we have done it because we're smart because we're educated 
because we're hard workers, because we're creative. So this is how you know, because you're not thankful for the win. You have a sense of pride for the win. So, I mean, pride in the, in the worldly sense is, uh, is admired. Like we want to, you know, in, in a way we want to take pride for what we have made with our hands. We want to take pride in, uh, uh, you know, graduating from high school or college or whatever. We want to, you know, we want to have pride in ourselves for accomplishing something. But if you, if you're not thankful to God, for getting you there and, and the process and saving you for things that you did not um, achieve, well, then it's just, it, it's a mutation. And that good thing becomes a bad thing because it's ruled by pride. So here's the, here's the, one of the indicators too, is that if we become a results-based person or even a results-based community over a grace-based community, okay, so what's the difference? So, um, I, if I validate, you know, maybe the guys that are producing the show, so I got, I got a, you know, we have Joel that's running sound. We've got Luke that is running the video and the cameras right now. So they're great. They're doing a good job. Obviously you're hearing it. It's coming through crystal clear and it looks good. So if I validate them based on the, on the points of results, and all that they do that is worth anything is on what they can produce and the results that they give us or give me, and that's the only way that I'm going to validate them. This is not healthy. But if it's grace, grace is a grace is a grace is a way of validating whether they produce or not. Now, of course, there has to be accountability. Um, but God doesn't God doesn't love us because of our results. God does not love us because of what we produce. God loves us because of who we are. And that should be good enough. Um, most, of the, most of our human nature says, well, that's just not good enough for me. I still have the need to prove myself to God or to prove myself to myself or to prove myself to others. And so walking in grace is difficult for most people to do. I'll be fleshing out grace in my next sermon, so tune on into that. Um, communities, gospel-centered communities of grace um, that have the ambitions of God to achieve godly things, they are submitted to uh, godly leadership. And so what does that mean? It means that, that grace goes both ways and that, um, you know, as the leader of the church, the things that we achieve, uh, it is the result of A, giving glory to God, and B, the respect and um, the leeway and the grace that we give to one another. And so not only am you know, am I the leader? I'm also led by those that I lead. And this is such a, I'll probably flesh this out on Sunday too, but um, one of the purposes of elders. Uh, so some of you at Granite Creek, you know that we have elders and we love our elders. They're absolutely amazing. If you are an elder, if you've ever been an elder, if you have elders at your church and you do not attend Granite Creek Community Church, the purpose of an elder is to 
care for the senior pastor, in essence, to be the pastor of the pastors. Uh, rarely is that done. Uh, rarely is it expressed because what, for some reason, elders think that their job is to make sure that the the pastor is um, accomplishing his tasks. And that's not their job. That's not their job. Their their job is to encourage them and to make sure that they're pastored and, and make sure that they're okay and not to make sure that they're not achieving. And so achievement is a it's a strange thing. So because in the context of the kingdom of God, uh achievement and success is not a given. So if we place the expectations that we place on our leaders, uh, on our megachurch pastors, on our denominational leaders, on our small local community pastors. Like if we place the same expectations on Jesus that we place upon them, then we would have to judge Jesus as a failure in his ministry. And that's not true. The truth is, is that Jesus is the most successful minister, the most wise person that's ever lived and that Jesus is the he is an accomplished rabbi but from the worldly perspective like he failed big time because he you know he died and every and his 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 guys turned the back on him and so it it doesn't add up but you and I both know that Jesus is extremely successful all right so now a little bit of a of a recap from from my message some of the points that I did maybe some that I didn't even get to on Sunday uh achievement again, is for the glory of God, not for the glory of us. And it's marked not by a, uh, a pride in our own abilities, but achievement is also marked by a dependence upon God, not a, not a dependence on our own skills and abilities. That one's a tough one. and we'll, Maybe we'll circle back around on that. Uh, the desire to achieve becomes dangerous when... It rules our hearts, and when it, it is an idol, and it takes the place of dependence. So, uh, when achievement rules our hearts, and we're when we're out to, you know, get those five star reviews on everything we do, and it takes the place of putting our dependence on God, then it becomes a ruling thing. Okay, first, dependence becomes dangerous. Also when it dominates a community. So when the community is completely obsessed about achieving and loses track of what is actually going on and the grace that needs to be expressed inside the context of community, then it can be easily become um, a dangerous thing. And one of the ways that you can tell is that is the community, are, are people approachable in, in the context of community? Like can you can you approach somebody and be transparent and vulnerable, or are you afraid that they're gonna judge you or check off some boxes or shun you for not being able to uh, do what they do, which is achieve? And so uh, it becomes dangerous when achievement is the the dominating force inside of a community. Uh, that's what the world does. That's you know that's Apple. That's Microsoft. Like they're they're just obsessed with about achieving because they have a bottom line in the kingdom of God. Our bottom line is very, very different. Our bottom line is spiritual. We have, we're, we're in this for spiritual warfare. 
Two, achievement is dangerous when it is, when it controls our identity. Um, so many of us have our complete identity wrapped up into what we can achieve. That is who we are. Who we are is what we achieve. This is why stockbrokers jump out of windows uh, when the market tanks because their whole identity is tied up into how they can produce as being a stockbroker. Uh, when that's gone, when they've lost it all, their identity is completely gone. Some people even fall into the trap of placing their identity in other people. Marriage is a good thing, uh, but just like everything else, kind of like in this concept that we that we were talking about, a good thing become a become a bad thing when it becomes a ruling thing. So what could possibly be bad about marriage? Well, if it is uh, your center for identity, then it is a bad thing. Why? Because Christ is to be our center of identity. And doing ministry, I've seen this. I've seen it so many times over and over again, where on the outside we have a good marriage. They're, it's good. And like they're tight, their identity is in being the couple, the golden couple, or the, you know, the, uh, the power couple, if you will. And then something bad happens. Somebody has an affair, and then their whole world is wrecked, and their whole identity in being the perfect married couple is shattered. Um, when somebody loses their spouse. My grandmother struggled with this when, when my grandfather died. Her her identity was completely locked up into that that marriage. It was really sad. We actually encouraged her to, you know, she's an old lady, but we were like, you know, come on, mom, why don't you get out there and start dating again? And she couldn't do it because her identity was locked up into her previous husband, my grandpa, which we everybody loved him. Um, but she slipped into a deep depression afterwards, and it was really, really hard to watch. We just believed that her life would have been fuller if she would have, you know, fallen in love again. I'm not saying that she didn't love Jesus. I'm not saying that um, that she was doing something wrong, but uh, who she was was in the context of of being that couple. And so our identity is an important part of of the trap. So if I, if, if achievement is our identity, then it becomes dangerous. Okay. Achievement can become dangerous when it silences honest communication. We need to be able to be free to confess, free to talk. Um, you know, if everything is okay, you have to, you have to achieve, 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 achieve. And if you know that you're just not, you're just not going to measure up to somebody else's standards, have you ever tried to live live up to somebody else's standards that that you didn't set for yourself, but somebody else set standards for you to to make? Like that's just not a fun place to be. Uh, we do it in parenting context. We do it in work atmospheres. It, it's not fun. So um, if it if achievement is putting fear into people where they don't feel safe to share, then it's a toxic environment. Uh, five. It becomes dangerous uh, when. We view disciples uh, as consumers. So, like, every leader wants to, wants to achieve. Every church leader wants to achieve and grow. But the danger becomes when we view people as resources and, and not disciples. Uh, when we view them as consumers and, and not, not children of God. 
uh, definitely, this is probably going to be the heart of my message coming up this, this Sunday. Transforming grace, transforming grace is a lot. It's, it's hard to do like true transformation of the soul is hard. Uh, discipleship making on purpose is hard to do. And so, um, it's just easier to get warm bodies in the building than it is to actually disciple and, and transform them. So uh, that's probably all right. So this is one flaw of the mega church model is that you get to go into a big giant box church and you get to be entertained as a consumer. Uh, and again, I'm not saying all churches are bad. I'm just saying, or not, I'm not saying that big churches are bad. I'm just saying the impetus is on you, whether you want to grow spiritually or not because you can just sit in the back and you can just be entertained you can just soak it all in um they've got a small group booth out in the out in the lobby and they want you to sign up uh to join a small group like the idea is that in order for us to grow bigger we have to grow smaller at the same time which is great the truth of the matter is is that most people just walk on by that uh, small group table they don't they don't want to push into discipleship. They would rather stay a consumer. Um, most small churches deal with it too, but I just don't think at the same level as a mega church. All right. I'm not trying to get critical, but it's just been my experience. All right. So um, I want to I want to wrap it up. I could probably go on forever on this idea of, of achievement and ambition and making sure it's God's ambitions and not our ambitions. But probably, honestly, the best thing for me to do would be to read one of the key scriptures on how to live well and how to be dependent upon God's grace and God's goodness and not being dependent on our own skills and our own abilities. Not saying that God can't use your skills like he does. He wants to... He wants to he wants you to be his hands and feet. But this is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it is the verse that is one of the most popular verses in all the world, maybe not for Christians, but for definitely for Jews. And then it shows us what happens when our dependency is completely placed in God's hands and not our hands. All right, so some of this is going to sound familiar, um, and then I'm going to go a little bit further and something that might not be familiar, but it's the heart of what I'm saying today. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And so it's talking about a holistic approach to faith. Jesus expands upon this. He quotes the scriptures and says, uh, the first and primary commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And so it is, I mean, Jesus, I mean, Jesus can do that. He can rewrite the scripture if he wants to. So he adds a little bit to it. Uh, I don't have time to talk about that. Um, verse 6, these commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Okay. So this is going into the heart of the matter. And you impress them on your children. You talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You tie them as symbols upon your hands and you bind them on your foreheads and you write them on your door frames of your houses 
and on your gates. And that's why this is the most famous scripture, because we're supposed to write this commandment on our door frames. And so um, good Jewish people have this in a little mitzvah, a little vial that they nail to the door. We have one at Granite Creek Community Church. So if you ever visit us, there's this really cool silver um, artifact when you walk into the church. That's what it's come from. That's where this comes from. All right. Verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities, you did not build houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. When you eat and are satisfied, be careful that what you do, that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fascinating, because what he's saying is you've, you've been given uh, the, the promised land. And I believe that this applies to us. I believe that this is uh, the key to the, the Christian spiritual expression, the Christian lifestyle, is that God has got planned for us blessings, provision. I'm going to sound like a prosperity preacher here in a second, but it's, it's, it's biblical and it's true. He, he, if we put our dependence upon him, that he's going to gift us things that we did not earn within our own abilities. The, the Israelites, they still had to go to war, but God gave them cities. God gave them storehouses. God gave them grain. God gave them money. That they, God gave them houses that they did not earn. I mean, they, they put their dependence on God, and he blessed them with the promised land. But then it comes with the warning, and the warning is this. Don't forget. Always be thankful. Like you did not do this within your own power and your own abilities. God did this. So you need to you need to make sure that your dependence is completely upon the Lord. Never forget what God has done in taking us out of slavery and then putting us into an area of provision. So uh, that is my hope for you today. I want you to learn that art of achievement that we achieve for God's glory, not our own glory. That if a good thing becomes a ruling thing, that good thing can become a bad thing. Whether it's achievement, whether it is, you name it, it can, it can, it can become a bad thing if it, if it rules us and if it is not centered on the gospel and on giving glory to God. And then on this final note, on this final idea, like if we really put our dependence on God and not our own abilities, you know how much God wants to bless you? He wants to give you things that you did not make yourself blessings that you did not earn yourself. And, and that's, well, that's just a beautiful prospect, isn't it? And I hope I can get to that point. I hope that you can get to that point. And so uh, let's, let's quit making achievement our, own, our gods, and let's make God our God. And with that, I'll quit preaching. Thank you guys for listening to the Art of Faith podcast. Uh, we'll be back soon with, with maybe some great visuals. So tune in next time. Watch our other shows and watch the sermon and make sure that you follow and that will help us get our ratings up. Thanks again and God bless.